Thank you guys for being here. And tonight we're, we will just break into the series, if you will. It's called Introduction to the Bible. Lesson number one, the fundamentals of the faith. A tried and tested um, series and lessons, series of lessons from Dr. John MacArthur. Uh, fundamentals of the faith. So we're doing, we're starting this uh, tonight. So I'll give you kind of a, a break-in period and an overview of what we will learn uh, up to this point. There's, there are 13 total lessons, but we cover 11 of those in that in our time frame because we have family services and Truth and Light Conference, other things, Easter and other things that are um, competing uh, with the time as well. So let's open up very quickly. Father, thank you for our time and my friends in this room. Um, your providence is perfect, so we realize who's here should be here, and thank you for this time. And may uh, you be glorified and blessed by our obedience and um, help us and help the speaker to um, be accurate and concise with your word. And thank you for your grace and mercy in that area. Bless us and protect us from the evil one, in Christ's name. Amen. And so um, I wanted to read this, just this little introduction in the book. And basically, uh, like I said before, this is the student guide you can get. And this is the leader's guide, but there's a student guide that looks just like this. You can buy this online if you'd like to have these for yourself. And I would recommend if you want to just, if you haven't been through the fundamentals. Has anybody been through fundamentals before? Okay. So you don't have to do that, but it's a great resource for you to keep because Eventually, I took my kids through it, the fundamentals, and I used my own notes. I used what I got off the Internet because Dr. Um, MacArthur has a website, gty.org forward slash F-O-F, and it gives you all the lessons. It gives you all the um, uh, recordings. Everything is on there. He has a lecture on this. He has a, there's a download, a handout. All this is on there. So, and it's much more concise than what we're going to have time to do tonight and every night. So I would recommend that in the homework, if you see your handout on the very back, if you want to go a couple, maybe one or two pages, you see the um, handout of the FOF lesson. Do you see that? Is it in there, hopefully? Um, I think so. Is there one more page? Is it on the back of that page there? Or what? Okay, there it is. It's like the second page or something. It says Introduction to the Bible. Yeah. So every week you'll receive a copy of the handout. Okay, some of the lecture you'll be able to fill in the blanks on. We'll cover a lot of this material. Um, and other parts of the lecture you will have to go to the website and uh, get that information. That's the design. That's the idea is that you, your homework is to go to the site and use this handout to download or go to that website and find those, uh, listen to the lecture, fill in the blank. And you have your notes then. So we're giving a lecture. We're trying to give a lot of this material, but some of these lessons are six pages long. So, I mean, there's just no way we're going to be able to cover all of it. So we've kind of given a concise um, picture of, of all this today. So today um, I'll give you some of these fill-in-the-blanks because it's some of the fundamentals of how, you know, the Old Testament, New Testament, um, and the Bible is the Word of God. And so what I like to do is I like to start with just talking about truth. But Dr. Uh, MacArthur says this, I hope you have an appreciation for the scripture. I hope you have an appreciation for, for it, not as a fetish, but 
because the greatest treasure apart from God himself that we have is his very word, his very self-revelation. When people ask me, why is, is it that systematic teaching through the book after book, why is it that I pay so much attention to detail and to every verse and every phrase and touch on all the words? I tell them it's because I understand them to be the words of God revealed to him, to us from him. I would not second guess the necessity of those words being uh, then presented, taught, and understood by all of us, uh, Dr. John MacArthur. So this is the reason for this, and it's, a, it's I don't know how long this has actually been around, um, this um, s- series, I'm not really sure, but it's been around for a long time, I remember so the point is that we're going to give you a lecture. I'll have you handouts. I have uh, Jim Warner and I have uh, Don Bowman, our, one of our elders, to help me teach some of these when, I, when, we're du- when I'm doubling up on teaching. And they will have a handout as well. So you'll have a handout every week. And you'll have to fill in the blank. So whatever is not complete, um, you will get that from the website. I mean, I, I recommend that. Okay? So... What happened to me, and this is kind of an introduction, is what happened to me years ago, um, I had to supplement my income as a policeman in St. Louis. And so a friend of mine got me a job with the St. Louis Cardinals uh, baseball team as a bodyguard, and they would assign you particular baseball players. You couldn't handle all of them. And then you would, they would give you a schedule, and then you would meet them out for autograph signing, or they would go to hospitals or schools or malls and stuff like that and you would follow them around and usually help them with their family so in other words we would sometimes they'd say hey watch my wife and kids while while i'm doing this or if they weren't there then you would stand with them so they wouldn't be robbed or harmed or kidnapped so um that was a pretty good job it was a well-paying job so it turned out pretty good at a few of them but then all of a sudden i had this guy i had three guys total i worked with but one of them was ozzy smith and that was real part-time but Ozzy um, Smith is like a Hall of Famer. I don't know if you guys know him. He was like supposed to be the greatest shortstop that ever lived, supposedly. And he's the guy, I don't know if you remember, he was the little guy who used to come and do the backflips out, out on the ball field. I don't know if you're a baseball fan. but So he's really famous, um, three or four World Series, Hall of Famer. And I, I, because of their boss team attitude I didn't really I wasn't really worshiping these guys very well I'm just trying to get my cash and get back you know to my family and but he said something one day that just um sort of kind of rattled my cage and I wasn't a Christian at this time but he this young kid comes up and he says uh, he's 14 years old he comes with his mother and he said I want you to sign he signs for him he said I want to be just like you honestly I'm telling you I want to be just like you so what do I need to do to do all the things you do you're you're like an acrobat. I mean, you are like the best, you know. <clears throat> he says, well, don't try to do backflips and forward flips, and don't try to run and jump and do the things I do. You know, he goes, you, you should do this. You should master the fundamentals. If you can't pitch, catch, throw, and hit, you'll never be great at anything. You have to master the fundamentals. Don't worry about being great in baseball. Master the fundamentals. I always say that when I got saved, I, I realized then, you know, that's what I need to do. I need to, be, I need to really take the scripture serious. I need to go slow and stay under the teaching and just systematically learn the scripture. And I need to 
have a good prayer life and I need to study and I need just to master the basics, the fundamentals. And so I, I don't count this as really a secondary sort of a way to start. I think if your life is rattled, if you vacillate between commitments with the Lord, I think um, the first thing I would do is pour cement into the foundation of your faith, which is the fundamentals of faith. If you can learn these 13 principles of fundamentals, you, you can build and grow on it. You can build and grow on it. You know, our pastor's here, and I can tell you that he stayed under the he he perfected the fundamentals long before he went and got his D men, and that's the point. The point is you just don't go and do this. And I'm just not going to ask you to go teach a Sunday school class. You're working you're working hard to have fundamentals, and it's not just to get somewhere; it's to know someone. You'll never go higher than knowing Jesus Christ in a personal way. Okay, he'll drive you in passion and love, and it happens when you make. The scriptures, your um, number one uh, passion in your life. And so that's what we're trying to do. We're going over the fundamentals. If you lack some of these issues of, of disciplines in your life, we're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about several things uh, that you may want to know. And you'll never get the full scope of it just going through these classes. Even though it, it'll be very helpful. But you need to really make a commitment to go online and listen to that so you have your own time to do that. I don't have a board, but it's gty.org forward slash F-O-F. And you'll see the lineup, all the lectures. You'll see the handouts. You'll see everything right there. Take your time and build it. I just had to do it one time. I made all the investment one time, and I just stayed with it over and over again. And now I have those notes. They made a difference in my life. They impacted me. I don't look at the scripture as just... A spiritual thing to do. I look at it as God breathe revelation. He's telling me about Himself, and um, and I'm learning. And so it, it lights a fire in you. If that's missing in your life for sure, you want to have the fundamentals. Now the point is, um, master the fundamentals of faith, and your journey of faith will be objectively smoother. I'm just telling you, it will be. You're not trying to figure out where God is at every turn and circumstance of your life. It's very clear that you're leaning and your direction is towards God all the time. And uh, he'll make your path clear. So, so make the investment. I, I'm, I know I'm beating that in the ground. So uh, turn with me, John 18. We're going to start there. John 18 chapter. Let's uh, take a gander at this real quick. John 18, verse 37, we're talking about Jesus and Pilate, and you may know the story, hopefully you do. And we'll cover this again, and we'll, we'll just sort of break through the main point here. He makes a great point, and once we get to this and kind of unpack it, you'll see how this, is, um, how this plays out. This will be the sort of the main point of the lesson tonight, but then I'm going to show you the structure where we're going, where we're going to set up for Brother Jim and, and Brother Don to help go as well. You'll see that. In John 18, 37, he says, Then Pilate said to him, So you're the king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. And for this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Notice that? To bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is 
of the truth, there it is second time, listens to my voice. And Pilate said to him, he didn't say, well, what does the voice look like? What do you mean your voice? What do you mean? What are you talking about? He said, hmm, interesting. What is truth? That's the third time the word is used. After he said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. The question was a pretty good question. What is truth? And so I wanted to just touch on that. I can't cover it exhaustively, but I wanted to just touch on it so you understand what you're looking for, what your goal is. Like today, if you would have taken notes from the sermon today, you would be looking for particular issues that impact your life, especially when it comes to redemption, when it comes to the new birth, when it comes to your relationship with God, and you'd make certain notes. And those things that are impacting you and important to you, I call them pay dirt. Pay dirt is that you move a lot of ground to find gold. You move a whole lot of ground to find one thing that's going to pay off, you know, in that whole process. We move a lot of scripture. We read a lot of scripture. We're praying. We're doing a lot of things in the church. But, you know, what is impacting you? And if you're not looking for it, you'll miss it. You'll miss it. And so he says, so really the point is, what is truth? Now, I'm going to give you a little test uh, to see if you can tell me what this is. True or false, all truth is God's truth. True or false? Yeah, true. Okay. Anybody else? You going to risk it? Seems like a trick question. That's because you know me. Anybody else? Roger, you, you're thinking your brain's cooking there. What do you... a trick question good <laughs> anybody else think it's a trick question i mean want to step out the bible says we can't know truth apart from god okay all right so all truth is god's truth would everybody agree with that and some of you guys are not going to buy into this because i'm just waiting i'm just going to wait and see i don't know so <clears throat> in its raw form in its right form it's true but what is truth so if you ask somebody in this world, in this culture, what is truth, they tell you what they believe. If you ask uh, a particular, if you ask Jehovah's Witnesses what is truth, they tell you their doctrine of their heresy, and they would say that's truth. So truth is anything they want it to be. And in, and in the world of psychology, which is the, the system of man-centered counseling, they have a truth, and they think that everything they're teaching under general revelation was just what's to know that God exists, Anything they put under there is, is sanctified as truth. So Freud has truth. Rogers has truth. All these people have truth. All the Aryans, all the heretics in the world, they all have truth. Now, so is all truth God's truth? Well, the thing is, you have to define what is truth, and Jesus does that here. I want you to turn to John 17. First of all, we'll start there. John 17. I want somebody to read verse 17. Now, this is Jesus' prayer, um, and he's talking to the Father, and he's got important stuff to pray about here. So what does he say? Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Okay. Now go to John 14, if you would. Not far from there. John 14. And look at verse 6. Verse 6, who wants to read that? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Okay, so 
What or who is truth? Christ is truth. I am the truth, right? Sanctify them by your word. Your word is truth. You see, so you can't separate Jesus Christ from his word. And so what happens is we get it mixed up. We think that because something's true, it's truth. And that's just not true. Okay? So, I mean, sometimes Freud hit it right. Sometimes uh, secular people hit it right. Sometimes the world understands something. They say, well, you know, the world is round. Or, you know, there's gravity. And there's some things that are true. But there's only one truth. And it's the truth that found in the scripture. And it's the Lord Jesus Christ and his word. So you have to remember that truth is what we're looking for. Dr. MacArthur, he defined it this way. And so I used to think when I first read the scripture, every pronoun, every conjunction, everything that was in here was truth. But really he's saying, what is the message here? What God meant by what he said is the truth. So when you're listening to the sermon on Sunday, you're trying to say, you're listening to the text, but what does he mean by that? And this is where that, that the pastor and others, and a lot of our, our, our young teaching pastors are extracting from the scripture what it actually means and what you need to know about that. That's the truth. You need to be learning how to look for truth when you do your Bible study. It's not just an intellectual exercise. We're not just trying to um, learn more. And in the environment we live in, in Liberty University, this is a, this is a college town, and so it's easy to, to translate everything into an, a, a lesson that we learn. But it gets stuck in our mind as, a, as we got more knowledge, and more knowledge doesn't help. Um, I would say this, if you haven't taken my class, I always tell people that one applied truth has more power than 99 truths learned. So, you know, you're wanting to apply the truth. So that when we go through this journey, you got to you should be highlighting, underlining, circling, whatever the parts of these lessons every time that impact your own life. Maybe they challenge your own salvation. Maybe they maybe they are going to help you walk with the Lord better. Maybe it's uh, something you need to think more on or get more information about. But there's something that should grab your heart. I don't know if you ever know this, but we talked about how the Spirit of God works in conjunction to the Scripture. And there's a lot more fallacies about that. One of the fallacies is that the Holy Spirit is working separate from the Bible. And, um, and it's just not the way the Scripture teaches. It's just not what the Bible says about that. And you can look and see the work of the Holy Spirit in John 14 as well. In verse 26 or 70, he says, I'll bring to remembrance everything that you were taught, that I taught you. So... He's talking, he's, he's joining this work of the Spirit with the Word of God. Uh, and so try to remember that it's the Spirit of God has the power to enlighten us in the Scripture. And then the Scripture comes alive. I know people, my brother's one of my, said in the class, I know that Olivia was in my class. Was anybody else? No. So, um, so my brother read the book seven, Bible seven times. I asked him, I couldn't do any, get him to do anything else, but I said, would you read the Bible? And he read it seven times. <clears throat> and I said, I want you to make notes on it and talk to me about what you think the theme is. And I gave him some things. I said, then I'll never preach to you about the Bible again. And he came to me, he had a bunch of notes and stuff, and he had some pretty good stuff in there. That the God of the Old Testament was much meaner than the God of the New Testament. That was one of the things he said. But he said, it didn't mean, it didn't mean anything to me. And now I'm glad I read it, but it didn't mean anything. 
It's because the Spirit of God has to turn on the light. The Spirit of God uses the Word of God in the child of God. So he's not going to turn the light on all these eternal truths to a lost person who hates God. So the Spirit of God uses the Word of God in the child of God. Um, and he produces the will of God. So when, you, when you're enlightened by something, I call that pay dirt. When you're enlightened by something, you start processing it in your own heart. And you make a note of it. I got all these notes that I'm making on my own. That I'm saying, I need to deal with this. Or I need to pray about that. Or I need to ask about this. Or I need to search that word. The will of God comes clear to you. We know from Romans 12 it's that way too. You'll know the perfect will of God when you present your body as a living sacrifice. So we know this as happens. That God uses the word of God to produce the will of God in the child of God. For the glory of God. It's not just to make you stronger, to make you more spiritual. It's not just to get you out of your pain and trials and tribulation. It's so God will be glorified in you as you grow in the likeness and sanctification, grow in the likeness of Jesus Christ. So um, what is truth? Is all truth God's truth? Yeah, but there's only one truth. Okay? There's only one truth. That's the most important thing you need to know. And uh, so the class objectives... Any questions about that? Anybody? Something that's not really clear? Anything at all? Comments or questions? Okay. Okay. So this is what you're going to be looking for, and this is what you should be looking for on a regular basis. When you're studying, when you're sitting, it never waste a time when the Word of God is preached, ever. Because it, it's, it's designed, if you're there, it's God. God is the creator, and he's, his, his providence has set you there. You're there on purpose. Everybody in this room is here on purpose. And so, therefore, you are under, you're, you're, you're looking for something that God wants to teach you. So listen to the word taught, no matter who opens the Bible, and look for that pay dirt that's going to change your life. Now, if there's no questions on that, I'm going to give you a, a, just a picture of where we're going right now to see if I can get that. Um, we just talked about that. Okay, so... The class objectives, first is we're learning uh, by dialogue and contemplating truth in class. There won't be any preaching or sermonizing, basically, anything outside of that. We're trying to teach you the fundamentals of this. We leave the actual message, and the message is we extract those things to the pastor and to the, to the pulpit, but we're trying to teach you some important principles. Notice this. Turn your page, I think it's like the third page. Um, and it's, the, it's on the introduction to the Bible. And here's some information I'm talking about. Does, do you see where it says the Old Testament 39 books? Okay, and it has the Pentateuch, which are the first five books of the Bible. So this is good information. It's, it tells you how they're in order, how they're structured uh, in the, the Old Testament law. Here's, here's how it was for Moses, was structured, called the five books of Moses. And they're structured. So we, that's information. It's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Now, these are good. this is good information. If you have not memorized the positions and the places of the Bible, this is what you want. You want to be able to quickly go to the Scripture, and you have to understand the 39 books in the Old Testament, the 27 books in the New Testament, and you, you know they're in an order so you can find them quickly. If you're just still trying to find the Bible uh, books, you probably need to spend some time some time doing that. I have my counselees that are brand new in the faith. I give them an assignment, and one of them is to, I want to know where all the Old Testament books in what order. I want you to practice and study and memorize those, and we're going to go over them. It seems very frivolous, but it's not. 
Because all of a sudden, now the book doesn't look too hard to consume. Now all of a sudden, we're going to go through and you're going to see how the flow that God brought in from creation all the way to Revelation to the end times and how that all fits together. So here's the structure um, in this, and you'll, you'll find a lot of that um, online at uh, GTY. Uh, the bridge from theology proper to practical theology for change is what we're going to try to bring in some principles. These are some practical things. Pastor's given us a lot of good doctrine, a lot of theology. And so how do we process that? And we talk about this. You may hear this another redundant statement, but pastor uses this as uh, air salt with the word of God. He's preaching. Paul said this in Acts 20, 20. He said, I didn't hold back from teaching you publicly and privately. And so there's an air salt and there's a ground assault with the word of God. So one of the things I do systematically, too, is help you put the word of God into practice. So you need that. That's just what makes our church so unique is that we're just not giving you information. We're interested in God helping you in the transformation process. So um, that's what you'll find consistently. It's better than just pure intellectual assent, of course. Um, the idea is ideal in developing solid understanding of truth. Uh, it's best expressed what the Lord had in mind with the truth sanctifying his people. Make them holy, the truth. Here's something you might want to make a note of that might be helpful to you. Here it is. Never try to make a change without biblical work, without the Bible. The Bible is the only place that can actually, actually the Bible does the work of God. I always say the word of God is, is, does, the, it does the work of God. So if you're going to try to make changes in your life, make sure you're including the scriptures that have the authority to do that. So you need to know where they're at, how to do that. You need a concordance. You need a computer that teaches you where to find these scriptures. You need to get into a daily regimen of studying the scripture. But it's the word of God that is so important in the change process. It's not just your, your will and your determination. The word of God is going to do the work if you'll invest it. Um, so another one, and number three, is to have the assurance of eternal life. Um, and then how we understand assurance. Let me just give you another quick thing to remember. The fruit of your life today is more important than the, than the experience or the emotional experience you had with Christ early in your life. So if, you're, if you consider to be saved, to, to kind of repeat that process of your first time that you've surrendered to Jesus Christ, is, it's sweet and it's wonderful. But the best way to understand um, assurance in your own salvation, in your own heart, is to look at your fruit today. Am I following the Lord today? Am I submissive today? Am I teachable today? Am I, do I have a reverence for God today? Do I have an affection for God today? Do I serve his church today? Just one day at a time, but you're doing it today. Look at the fruit in your life. I always use that more than just when. Well, let me just, don't you remember when you did this when you were a t- baby or a teenager? No. I, I look at the fruit of their life right now. This is important, okay? So you'll never have more assurance than know that God is working with you today. Remember, lost people, dead people in Christ, don't desire the things of God. So just constantly remember that it's your assurance comes from seeing what God is doing in your life right now. Uh, to become equipped for ministry, we want that. Ephesians 4 reiterates that. For, we want you to have the fundamentals. You have ministry effectiveness. If you don't have the fundamentals, it's hard to, 
to help another person walk the walk. You, I know you say, here's what I did, and I was blind, and now I can see. But to grow in your faith is to be able to help somebody else on that same journey. Uh, to know God more deeply, Exodus 33, intellectual versus a relationship. Uh, another thing I would remind you is that most of our good Christianity, I would say good Christianity, one of the reasons our church sort of excels in this is because we care about your relationship to God, not just your information about God. And if you are interested, if you have this kind of mind that you can gather a lot of information, you have to, you have to make sure that that's translated into knowing the living God. It should develop the fear of God in your heart. It should have a reverence for God in your heart. So whatever you're doing, make sure that it's relationship-driven because the Lord wants you to know him. That's important. I have a family that has a, a young a son. He's 14 or 15 or so, and he's a, a quizzing expert nationally in the, na- in the nation. And I was eating dinner with them, and they were saying, oh, tell them. Tell him about the, read this, recite this book that you memorized, and boom, 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 he did. And, and so when he got finished, he goes, Dad, that's it. And I said, oh, that's wonderful, man. I said, so what difference does that make in your life? He goes, what? I said, yeah, you memorized all that. And he said, that's wonderful. I wish I could do it. I wish he had a USB port I could just plug in and download all that in my brain. You know, that's wonderful. But what difference does that make in your life? He goes, I don't know. I said, well, that's, that's the next step. Okay, you invested the word in your heart. Now I want you to go back over that and decide what part of that is making a difference in your walk with Jesus Christ. And he was kind of shocked by this because a lot of people can memorize scripture. Liberal theologians know it's forward and backward. They speak, they do Greek and Hebrew. But what's missing? What's missing is the light that turns on understanding that connects to the relationship with God. It's it's critically important. So um, number six, study... Faithfully between classes. So I say, I know, I know things come up and things happen, but you only have one investment. When I first went through this years ago, I made sure sometime during the week, I was going to say, this one, I'm going to do my FOF. And I would just go online, listen to Dr. MacArthur, drop the notes down, take the notes. Anything I was missing blanks, I would come in or call in. I made sure, and I wrote little tidbits and notes that the lecture, the, the teacher would tell me, and it started shaping my heart and my hunger for God. Um, read the scriptures related to the lesson. If they tell you to memorize something, why not memorize them? Wouldn't it be a great time to memorize scripture? Just work it over and over again. One of the tips to memorize scripture is write it out 25 times, longhand. Just write it out. By the time you get to 20, 22, you're going to be saying, I know this, I'm not going to write the rest of it. But it's, uh, it's very helpful to do that. Um, write out the answers in your workbook during the week. So that's why we're going to give you the fill in the blanks and then you'll have the lecture. So it's designed to work in co- conjunction with the online work of uh, GTY. Try to attend the class every Sunday. Uh, even if your lesson's not complete, try to come, okay? It's important. You'll learn it through the discussion and you can go back and figure it out. Um, we're going to start with a small outline and intro into the lesson. Almost always he's got a thing in my way here. I can't see it. but um, So we, we will. Well, this is how we'll start the lesson. Every one of the brothers have that. They have a lecture and a handout, and you'll have the handouts from the book. So you'll see some consistency here so you can. So it's not going to be like drinking from a fire hose. We're going to give you some time to process that, and then in between the weeks you're working on that book. It's very helpful.
A biblical reference for each key point, a verse to support each of these points will be provided as well. Embedded scripture in your hearts through discovery, thinking, application questions produces change, which it does. You want to contemplate on these things, think on them. When you find some pay dirt, I just highlight it. So when I go back through like my self-confrontation manual, I can look on there and say, this meant something or this was trying to help me with something. And then sometimes if I find out what, he, what I need to work on, I could write it on there so I knew what, I, what it meant to me and how it changed me in, in my heart. So try to make sure the scripture is embedded. should be clear application for each lesson and that, so we can change. It's important. Um, here's a table of contents to be helpful for you. Um, number one, I'll just go over here. Introduction to the Bible we're doing today. Uh, number two is how to know the Bible. Some of this seems very fundamental, but some of it's rich. And in some of the pieces to the puzzle are missing in your life, and you don't get a clear picture of what's going on. So when you see those things starting to plug in, the Lord is using that to build a solid foundation. And another thing I'll, I'll tell you that helps, is helpful for you guys to know is that people have a solid foundation of faith with a relationship with Jesus Christ tend to go through suffering and trials much easier. Okay, so you you can you can go through it and you the Lord will walk you through these things together. But when you go too fast and jump over the fundamentals of your faith, because this is foundational, we don't build a house unless we have a good, solid foundation. That's what we're trying to do here. So know that this is going to produce fruit in your life. Uh, God's character and his attributes. Because we're talking about God, person of Jesus Christ, the work of Christ. What did he actually do? And we're going to talk about salvation. Some of these things are going to be sort of a paradigm shift for you. Because in your mind, you used to do it this way. You've heard it this way on the radio. You've read this way before, or your old church maybe taught it another way. But we're going to take you to Scripture and show you exactly what happened in salvation, and you'll be very humbled by it, but you're going to love it. Number seven, the person and ministry of the Holy Spirit, which is really whacked out. Some ways that are misused, mishandled about the Holy Spirit. Anybody know of any? Can you think of any ways that people teach about the Holy Spirit that doesn't feel right? Jamie? Do what? Some of the Pentecostal slaying in the Spirit. Right, right. Right, there's a lot of stuff being taught out there that misrepresents the Holy Spirit. And sometimes they teach that it's separate from the Trinity. Sometimes they disconnect it, you know. Other times they think they can speak in tongues or that God is empowering them to be spiritual rather than the Scripture being the power. So there's a misrepresentative, and they're going to clear that up. Now, this is neat because pieces are fitting into the puzzle of your life. It's important. Um, the other ones are um, prayer and, and the believer. What's prayer like? Prayer usually changes you. It doesn't change God. It changes you. And, and they'll go over that, and they'll show you how that works. To have a great prayer life is like having great communication in your relationship. It's like having wonderful communication with your, your spouse your children, a good communication. Everybody knows expectation. Everybody knows what, who is who, and the prayer is the wonderful intimacy you have with God, and we'll break, we'll break that down. We talk about the church, the, the perverted view of church online, that I can go church online or that the church is not important, but yet this is the, this is the family of God that is, belongs to you, and then we'll be together even in eternity. It's wonderful. And it talks about the power of what you need to know about the church. 
Spiritual gifts, again, it's a lot of misrepresentation. We're going to try to clarify. Evangelism and the believer, how to effectively and simply share the gospel when God gives you opportunities. Okay? And that doesn't mean that your responsibility is to do God, the part that God does, which is save people. We're, get, we're going to teach you the truth about that and being faithful with the gospel that you have and you know. So it's going to be helpful. I'm telling you, this was the part I just fell in love with. And they're going to talk about the power of obedience. We talk about what you're going to get a lot of that self-study online and then God's will and guidance, which is everybody wants to know what God's will for my life, especially if you're young. Well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, you know. And, um, and so it'll make it very clear what there's some basic principles that'll give you peace of mind about God's will. Any questions up to this point? Anything at all? It's just an overview introduction. So let me give you just a, a quiz and summary then. So other than DJ, what is truth? Anybody? Huh? Christ himself. What else? Yeah, the word of God, because I can know Jamie, but what Jamie says represents him as well. So the word of God is power too. It's God breathed. It was a special revelation and gift given to us. So we can't disconnect God from his his word. And um, when I was teaching Mark and Brent, they were just in grade school. I don't know, but it could have been third grade or fourth grade. And I came home from church and I said, so I, I was wanting to teach him this lesson. I've just been studying it. And I said, Come over, I want to talk to you guys. So we get in the living room, we're talking. I said, so I, I said, what has more power? I want, to, I want to get your answer. He goes, what would we do, Dad? What would we do? I said, you didn't do anything yet. Okay, I'm just asking you, okay? They thought they were in trouble. I said, you're not in trouble. I just want to ask you a question. I said, okay. I said, what has more authority? What has more power? If I leave you a note in the morning and tell you what to do, you know, do this for me, Dad. Or if I call you on the phone and tell you to do it, they say, oh, calling on the phone and telling us what to do. And it gave me a chance to teach them the power of well, my words represent my will. God's word represents his will. And it helped. And the kids are like, wow. I said, so you want to know what God wants to say? You don't have to. He doesn't have to open the heavens. He can you can open the word and it represents God. OK, so again, we're we look at the Bible this way. Everything you read in the scripture before you know Christ is just nothing but redemption. It's, it's a place where it can impact you for you, put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. If God is, that's God's will for you and you're searching to find God, everything, you're not going to learn how to live for God. You're first thing going to, you have to know him. You're going to have to have a relationship with him. And if and when you come to saving faith with Christ, what he does, he takes that same book, turns it over, and it's the very word you live on. It's the food you live on every day. Listen, you've got you to make this a priority of your life, a priority of your life. Now, some of you guys haven't heard my testimony, but when I was first saved, he knew my attitude, how bad it was, and what the Lord saved me from. And he said, you're so bad. You're the worst counselor, counselee I've ever counseled before. And it was, he didn't care about encouragement. And he said, so I think you ought to sleep with your Bible. Now, Olivia knows because I told the story didn't. And, he, and so I said, what? He goes, yeah, if I were you, you're so bad, you can't trust anything you think and feel. You're, you're that bad. I want you to, you should sleep with your Bible. Now, that was a metaphor for him saying, you need to keep it close to you and use it all the time. 
But when I went to bed that night, she's like, what are you doing? I said, this guy, he told me to sleep with the Bible. So I put it in between us, put it under my pillow. And she's like, that is ridiculous. I mean, that is, you, don't, you are really dumb, too. You're not just sinner, but you're dumb. And he, that's, this is not what he meant. I said, no, I'm not taking any chances. So sure enough, I'd have, a, I'd have like a nightmare or like I PTSD or whatever, you know, and I'd like I'm in the streets and things going crazy. And I'd get up and I'd see my Bible and I'd open up and turn on the light just like he told me. And he told me exactly what to read. I'd read it over and over again. And the peace of God just started helping me. The Lord just started helping me. The truth was saturating my heart a little bit at a time. You should not go a day without consuming food, spiritual food. Okay? Does everybody understand that? Is it good? Okay. All right. I think we'll shut it down. And um, unless you have any questions or thoughts, you can come up and talk to me if you want. If you need more resources, you want to know more things, I can help you with that. We got articles and booklets and stuff, but um, thank you. Truth is what we're looking for, isn't it? Amen. Father, thank you for my friends in this room, and thank you for the grace. Thank you for this journey, and Dr. MacArthur and this uh, time that he has taken to write these fundamentals. And such a a, a brilliant man, um, one who just fully loves Jesus Christ, though, and gave us this gift through through that that gift. Um, we are gleaning all the important parts to know Jesus Christ. It's not just to be spiritually smart or to have you know, some credentials. We are looking for the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We praise you. Bless us. Protect us from the evil one. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next Sunday. Okay? We're going to talk about the Bible, how we got the Bible, and a little bit about the Scripture.